podcast i'm thrilled to have naz nasley with me um naz is an old friend that i've had the pleasure of working with uh, for many years back when i was working in advertising at leah burnett um and actually fortunately enough he's been kind enough to take up my offer to collaborate on a couple of big projects we've got currently and so i thought this is a perfect opportunity to get him on the podcast because i think um for me i'm Naz is that rare thing of uh, he's extremely talented, but you'd never know it because he's extremely humble as well. He's very kind, very patient, uh, but don't let you fool that because that does hide a ruthlessly efficient and perceptive mind, you know, is phenomenally creative. So I wanted to bring him on because I think he's got a lot of wisdom to share. And and that's it really, Naz. So thank you for taking the time to be on. Oh, thank you, Pat. That's really kind. If only it was more evident in my work. That would have been fantastic. But that's, I'm so I'm so chuffed, chuffed by that. That's a fantastic thing to say. So, and you're no, um, the, 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 and, so there's the humbleness. So this is a good start. No, no, yeah. I said there's the humbleness kicking right in there. This yeah, is a man who's won <laughs> the award-winning Naz Nasley, who just <laughs> is like, yeah, well, yeah, well, well. So it's just awards, isn't it? Who cares? Um, but no, seriously, I'm very pleased to have you on. It's you know, I think it's really great to bring. Um, people who, and like I said, it's this, it's the thing of people who are super talented, but but also quite kind and patient and generous. Because for a lot of the people in the freelance community, a lot of it comes from uh, giving people the self belief that they can aim a bit higher in there and their sort of and validation. And I see this when I'm teaching and I'm doing workshops and offering briefs and whatever. The talent's there, but people just struggle to believe it. So I think why well, I wanted you to get on because that you can teach them and they can learn from you. Um, but you're a nice guy about it. You're not a classic sort of ad wanker, as we've oh. sort of led that stereotype, shouting, working weekends, all that stuff. Well, you know what it was like, especially when we were at Leo's, when you're starting off, it's very, you're just working and nothing's good enough. You're just coming up with concepts, you're getting killed, you have to come up with more concepts. So you're you're trained to take kind of a beating and rejection and uh, you get a harder skin and you don't take things personally. And I think, that's you know that's a key level of being kind of creatively successful is just being able to keep going and let go and not give up and but be nice throughout the whole process because it can take months up to a year a year and a half to get a project out and you have to kind of keep that energy and that confidence and that belief and that motivation kind of going throughout the whole process so um but yeah that is always hard isn't it it's kind of so i'm interested because obviously um um, I always find when I talk to people, when I was in that in advertising, there was so much talent, but everyone came from kind of different areas. Mm. So if you look at like Bert and myself, he was he did English at De Montford. I did graphic design at Kingston. How, how what was your sort of route into advertising? How did you get into that? Well, I did I did graphic design. So I did graphic design at, at Croydon College, uh, which was a fantastic place to go. But it's not your classic kind of advertising school. It's not like, uh, Bucks or Watford or anything, but um, they did graphic design and advertising. And I very quickly realized I hated kind of Quark and Photoshop, and I didn't have the kind of mental capacity to learn uh, how to use those programs effectively. But I did enjoy concepting. I did enjoy um, coming up with ideas. And then I kind of, in the, in the second year, was kind of exposed to all, all these um, talented creative actors, the directors that were coming in. We had people coming in from Kamarama or kind of Widens or uh, TBWA. And he kind of discovered this job called being a creative where you didn't have to actually make the work. You just had to come up with 
something fantastic and work, collaborate with people who would make it even better. So that that kind of set a little fire going in me, which which um, what led on to uh, a relatively okay career. <laughs> so that's that's where it all kind of started. But I came from a graphic design background, and all of that, all of those kind of skills have really kind of led on to helping with helping me kind of understand advertising because design is such a kind of critical part in, in in any kind of visual media media like posters of film or uh, even kind of writing because graphic designers tend to kind of write a lot of the, lot of the copy themselves so when you're a designer you're, you're really a one-man band um but in advertising you get a lot more kind of support around you and a lot more kind of craft Mm. I think that's um, that was always the thing I noticed. It's kind of the lessons you learn is like you say, it's from a design background. Is that sometimes it's better to work with people who are better than you when it comes to design. I certainly know that. Like there's a, I'm certainly aware of the the ceiling I can hit, and it's you. Sometimes you need to work with other people who are just going to express it differently, which I think is really valid for for just being a bit more aware of the importance of collaboration to bounce ideas off each other and. And accept that, yeah, maybe that's not my specialty. And I know that from a, from a freelance point of view, I always try and say, if you can try and stick to a discipline, at least for when you're talking about what you do, and then collaborate with others who are even better, it just amplifies that kind of message. And I noticed in advertising, that's exactly it, isn't it? You work with a copywriter who's better at writing words than you. You work with a photographer who's better than taking photos. And, and, and all, all of those layer on to produce yeah. a, you know, the sum of the parts is far greater. I think it, it's very it, collaboration is is so important. Working with and openness and kind of having no ego. Um, you come up with a concept as a, as a team or on your own, and then you have to make that happen. Whether that's um, a film or a social campaign or a poster, you'll be working with directors, you'll be working with photographers, you'll be working with typographers. You'll be working with post-production people, producers. So it's never your idea, and and it's it's never just down to you. Of course, you've got responsibility of getting it out and making it as best as it can be. However, you've got to be open to kind of change and improvement and and uh, opinions. So I think collaboration is so important. And I think also, like I'm always thinking from a freelancer point of view, I know that. Um, collaborating on projects just that thing of collaboration in its own whether you're um, you're working with someone collaborating in an article where you're sharing each other's audiences to be on each other's platforms or you're doing a joint venture like sort of I know that there's a uh, Melinda who was on the podcast did a really good joint project about like sort of a cat kit for people who don't like cats and it's the thing of it was self-initiated but there is the accountability in working with someone else and on all projects, so I do think that it's probably an overlooked secret to kind of development is that collaboration and yeah. kind of accepting, as you said, there's no ego. Like I don't do websites anymore because I found someone who's brilliant at it and it makes sense for me just to get him involved because that's what he's good at and I can I can just focus on what I like to do. And so I think that's ultimately, like that, that seems to be, my, I would always encourage people who are looking to develop to collaborate with others. You know, it's yeah. every, every time I see people collaborating or teaming up, it seems to do much better than on their own sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I think even if it doesn't work out or, or, or for some reason you don't enjoy it or it's not how you kind of saw it, you'll still learn from it. And and it's, it's you don't have to stick to the same people and do things in the same way. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it's a fantastic combination. And you always 
end up with something different and fresh, but also just working with different types of people and different types of projects. It just kind of opens you up and exposes you to more kind of creative opportunities and ways of executing things. So um, I, I think it's it's good to put yourself out there, get yourself out of your comfort zone and work with people or reach out to people that you, you wouldn't normally kind of work with and, and see what they can kind of they can bring to to the project or, or help you kind of develop your career. And I think um, it's interesting talking about these projects, but I want the audience to know some of the caliber projects that you've worked on in the past. So what, what's, <clears throat> what's some of your more well-known work that people would have seen or that you've won awards for or these type of examples uh, of how collaboration has peaked? Uh, I've worked on brands like HSBC, uh, Barocca, um, Women's Aid, uh, even Nintendo when I was back at uh, Leo's with you. Um, McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. So kind of big, I mean, we, we're, I've always kind of worked at kind of rather large agencies, um, top London agencies, and you get to work on fantastic brands. You get amazing opportunities when you're kind of working in, in those environments. And even kind of freelancing for the last couple of years, um, that hasn't really changed. You just, you get kind of fantastic opportunities, fantastic briefs. And it's, it's, uh, I feel very fortunate and kind of very humbled to, to kind of be part of that world because, you know, a lot of people would kill for that opportunity. And I'm kind of, I'm quite used to it, which is kind of after 15 years of being in the industry, you kind of go, Oh, actually I'm so excited to work on this bank or work on, on that kind of food product. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, a, I'm, I feel very, very blessed, very lucky to, to be in that world and that's interesting because i think like you said the the 15 years and still enjoying what you do uh, so the question would be why what is it about what you do that you love so much you know what what drives you and keeps you motivated well for me i, I like coming up with ideas I like working with people I like making things and i think my thing is just especially now after after kind of uh, a seasoned kind of uh, term in the industry i, I just want to make nice nice things with nice people and have fun along the way um I'm kind of a little bit too old and a bit too fat to kind of work on things I don't really want to work on with people I don't want to work with. So it's really, for me, it's you get a brief and there's going to be a product at the end of it. Uh, I want to try and make that product as engaging and, and, and as creative as possible, but also I want to ha- enjoy the process and enjoy the people I'm working with. And I think that's really, really important if you're freelancing it, it's hopefully it's not just about the money, but it's about the kind of job satisfaction. And you, you, you can choose where you want to work. You choose the people you want to work with and you collaborate with these people on, on projects that, that are exciting and kind of motivating for you. Otherwise it's just a job and you don't really know why you're doing it. Might as well work in a, in a supermarket or something. So I, I kind of, I'd, I'd rather do things which excite me um, and it's that hunger of kind of making stuff. I, I really like making stuff. And how does it make you feel like, you know, when things go big or there's real success? I mean, I know that for me, uh, I really enjoyed that, the uh, HSB ad with the dad and the swimming daughter. Yeah, that was, yeah. Because I know that it, I love that. I just thought the economy of storytelling was beautiful and it's really just insightful. And I think that I use that as the, I've probably, so many times talking to clients to trying to explain you know, the storytelling or the emotion in an advert is what makes it memorable and makes a difference. And I've got a book that is kind of has science to back that up about neurons and all this kind of stuff. I'm halfway through it. But certainly I've always find that if you can inject some sort of emotion or provoke a reaction in people from your work, 
then people tend to sort of fall in love with it or it really matters to them. So, you know, how did, I mean, that must be a kind of motivator for you. Like you say, the collaboration is great from a sort of creative point of view, but when that all comes together and you create something you're really proud of, what's, tell, tell us about that. Yeah, well, it's always, you know, starting a, in that case, it, it's, a, it's a TV, com, uh, TV uh, commercial, but when you, you, write, you write something and then three months later, six months later, a year later you're on set or you're kind of you're you're in a room and it's all getting made and everyone's there because of this thing you came up with x amount of time ago and that's always a weird uh feeling and then you, you get into post-production of it and you're kind of building it and, and it goes out into the world when it's finally kind of wrapped up and uh to be able to kind of get reactions where people go oh i love that story that's that's fun. that's always kind of fantastic and it's you have to kind of stay true to that idea and you kind of go right that's that's what we, we want to make and getting reactions back from the public or your friends or even kind of family you kind of go oh wow uh that's kind of it's all it's all made made it worthwhile because it's about the whole kind of the process of creativity can can be quite um a, a draining it can it can take so it can take a lot out of you and there's so many kind of battles and emails and, and things that go backwards and forwards and kind of things change and take things personally and then you forget about it but um when it when it goes out there and and people like it and that's that's fantastic but then by that point you've moved on to the next project and you've you've kind of you're you're onto a whole other kind of uh uh world of process and and and, uh uh it's it never really stops to be honest I always remember that thing of uh, we'd like to say when you're writing scripts and you put say it's raining when you start <laughs> it's, rain, it's raining outside and I think it was like Don Bowen saying yeah, you you put that in there and you watch there will be a man making it rain yeah Not like in the you know the, the rapper sort of thing like <laughs> that kind of make it rain but uh, there'll be yeah. a guy uh, yeah exactly there'll be a guy and he'll be there but he'll be pouring <laughs> like a watering can onto a window to give the illusion of rain and because you wrote that in and we were like oh i totally overlooked like the impact of the words on the script and it was this thing of we tried to get like a, a daz ad shot on a tropical island that was like our, <laughs> that's what we were hoping for and we were yeah. like <laughs> then you got a green and it was amazing oh dude we got stitched up it was like some warehouse in bolton yeah it was yeah. just crap it was like they, they just it was just a little rubbish and it was fine but it was this whole thing of i think the challenge for me is uh and i you've alluded to it and i've had people ask me but when you're working on a project as you say you've kind of moved on you've got other things going on so to kind of revisit projects you've kind of got bored of or you're not mm. that in love with anymore it's really to maintain that kind of creative intensity is really tough so i wanted to know like, what is it that, how do you overcome that? How do you sort of get fired up for a project, perhaps when you haven't, you know, you've taken a break from it for a while? Or how do you stay just fired up generally? Is it switching between projects? What works for you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I like, I, I like to work very intensely and think about things quite intensely and then kind of walk away from them and go back and go back to it. But I was kind of trained by my kind of initial kind of mentors and creative directors to kind of always kind of focus on the idea and try and keep that idea. And especially nowadays where everyone wants things in half the time for half the money and twice as twice as fast um as, as a creative you always have to try and kind of maintain well what are we actually trying to say here what what is the idea okay that's the purpose that's the purpose of this kind of communication so let's let's focus on that and as long as you kind of hold on to what you're trying to make what you're trying to say um what what emotion or reaction you're trying to get out of people 
long as you kind of hold on to that nugget, then it, then it's kind of everything's kind of okay. And hopefully, you know, it's it's something that you're, you're proud of, and you know, when when you care about something, and caring is really really important. If you care about something, then that will never kind of go away. So whether it's a year process or three week process or six month process, if you care about it and, you, and you're really clear on what the idea is, then it's it's a lot easier not to get kind of muddied and, and lost in the process. For me, anyway. And how do you? And how this is the the loaded question, but how do you come up with ideas? Because I think that I this is again is kind of I'm biased because we that like you said when you're in advertising other people do the visuals you know you you yeah. don't need to design it all necessarily and you're valued on how often you can churn out good ideas and big ideas is is a sort of form of currency and if you can deliver interesting big ideas frequently then you'll do quite well but yeah. it's always that challenge of ah, that feels familiar or maybe I've seen it before or oh, we've we've that's not very good knowing what's good and perhaps not settling on your first idea is always a challenge so how do you because i want to encourage people to to build more of a concept in what they're doing and yeah. i've had this recently a friend of mine's opening a, a, a restaurant and he's kind of said oh can you knock up a quick logo and you, i can but i said what what's why should people care about your business what's yeah. what's unique about your business and he's going well, we kind of offer a bit of everything, and you're like, yeah, this is not going to end well, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, like, because because it's just there's nothing meaningful. Yeah. So, how do you come up with ideas that are meaningful? Well, I think I, I think you've got to understand the product and bury yourself into it a little bit. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, thinking about and researching and kind of going quite intensely into it. You've got to become an expert or kind of an expert in the product and an expert in, 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 the, in, in the audience that, that you're talking to. Um, but also, more than anything, you've got to do something that's engaging, that's going to get noticed, because you know, no one really cares about your toothpaste or your new kind of flavoured sauce. You know, people aren't waiting for that advert to come out. They're, they're, they're busy. They've got other things to do. They don't want to watch uh, Netflix or whatever. So... You, you've got to engage with people, so I think you've you've got to find an insight within that's true to, the, to true to the product, but also execute it in a way that is engaging and that's kind of provoking. Um, whether that's with humour or whether that's something that's kind of serious and kind of thought provoking, but um, I, I think you've got to kind of connect with with the audience very very kind of quickly um, because they're not looking for your commercial, so you've got to kind of make them be engaged with you. Otherwise, you know, mm. you've lost. Yeah, I think that's true. I think, like I said, it's 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 like anything. Research is so important. Knowing exactly what your what's unique about your client's business, but also knowing what to what their customers respond to, and then trying to find a way of surprising the customers. It's that whole surprise and delight thing. It's can you tell me yeah. or show me something about the product, or show it to me in a new way that I haven't thought about, which is really kind of interesting and engaging. You know, so I think that's always a good thing. And is there any kind of tip? techniques or do you go like for long walks or tube rides or to the cinema any other hacks like that well i kind of i, I quite like reading kind of youtube comments by people because some of them are quite, some of them they're quite brutally honest but there's some always some kind of insights in there from like people will say things you know oh, that's quite interesting uh, i quite i do like kind of brutal uh, brutal kind of uh, honesty sometimes but no i i think just kind of delve in and then just walk away and then things will kind of slip in slip into place if you think about something intensely for kind of a short period of time a couple of days a week um 
anything longer and then and, and then you kind of go down a rabbit hole and you put yourself under too much pressure you, you do need to give yourself a break if you kind of walk away from it from, for half a day a day and you go back to it maybe oh, don't think about it over the weekend and then on monday you'll come up with something or you'll connect the dots and it'll all make sense um without you even kind of looking for it sometimes you can luck out and you know you, you get a brief and, and the brief has got great insight in there and the, one of the first things you kind of write down as, as a strategy or as a thought ends up being the campaign you present and go on to make but that comes with experience uh, and a bit of luck to be honest but um I think mm. for me the process has always been uh the same it's just i've got better at at getting to an answer quicker with more experience than, than people around me. And also, you know, talking to people, as you know, with creative departments, you've got a bunch of people around you who are equally as, as, as interesting and creative, if not more, hopefully, that you can go up, go up to and talk to, whether they're you know, working on a brand or not. And it's that conversation with people around you that helps inspire you to come up with some, something else or helps at least justify your thinking. You, you can talk about an idea and, hey, I, th- I thought, you know, this is an idea. And they'll go, oh, yeah, that's quite interesting. Or they'll go, no, that's shit. That's been done 12 times before. What are you thinking of? Go yeah. back and visit. But I think having that kind of, um, again, openness to share and kind of having that kind of uh, confidence to kind of talk about ideas and kind of walk away from it is, is the way I kind of approach any, any kind of project. And you were saying that it's always good to be around sort of people who inspire you. Who are the who are the and sort of mentors? Who are the people who've played that kind of role in you? And what was the best sort of advice they've given you? Well, I kind of I was very lucky when I when I started. I had Leah Burnett under kind of Nick Bell, and we had kind of Mike McKenna and Greg Martin were our, our mentors who kind of took us under their arms and kind of gave us a lot of time and advice on, on every campaign that we that we worked on myself and, and Gareth, my first partner. Um, and I kind of. That really, you don't really know what you're doing when you kind of first start in advertising uh, as a junior creative, not coming from like a, a, a traditional advertising course. I didn't know anyway. You think you know, but you don't. You get these briefs and there's this process and you go to these meeting rooms and you don't know who all these people are, what their jobs are. It's quite a, quite, quite a bewildering kind of thing. But then you've got like a massive kind of brief to work on and you put yourself under tremendous amounts of pressure to, to answer it. And you, you don't want to fail, and it's, you're, you're young, and you want you want to win an award, or, or you do you do a big film, uh, film campaign, and you know the whole thing's a bit kind of bewildering. So having kind of senior teams like like Mike and Greg at the time, um, Russell Ramsey at JBT, Billy and Ross at WCRS, you know, being able to kind of go to those sort of types of people and uh, and kind of talk to them about your ideas and kind of get. Uh, amazing advice and, and grounding that was that was always um incredibly lucky and helpful and, and, and fantastic and you don't really realize how important and um valuable that is at the time but looking back especially when i look go around credit departments now and i see kind of junior teams and placement teams um when i was doing it and that sounds a horrible thing to say and amazingly old but um we we had a bit more time and we had kind of mentors and we could kind of show them work but now the pressure on these young teams, uh, from what I've seen, they're expected to be able to kind of work on a campaign and, and, and deliver just as much as any other team within the department. And I think that, you know, I always try and give young teams, junior teams, a, a lot of my time or kind of I'm always happy to talk about ideas because I, I understand, I still remember what it was like and, and the pressure that you're under uh, and how tough um, going from 
coming out of uni and going straight into an agency is. So I'm quite, I'm quite generous with my time uh, in that way. Yeah, no, I think that's important. It's kind of, um, it, I guess it's the churn of, of work, but let's, like you say, it's, it, there's so much going on when, you, when you're new to a place. I think with regardless of age, you know, just that thing of wanting to go in and do well yeah. and impress and not let people down. It, there is a tremendous amount of pressure in that. And it does help sometimes want, just to have. And I think when you're freelancing, especially you come in, at our level and you go in and you do project you know you're getting you're getting paid to crack it whether it's a um last minute kind of nightmare brief or it's a big project and you've got a bit of time um but you're coming into a completely new environment with new people and you have to kind of go at 100 miles an hour and understand understand what you're working on who you're working with what the real problem is is it a situation where you just have to kind of we need to crack it and get it out because the media has been booked and, you know, we've got six weeks until until it has to be on air. Or is it a kind of a bigger problem where there's a big kind of uh, strategic kind of presentation that the client's going to in three months' time? So they want to share the idea that and this idea is going to be the idea for the next, uh, next campaign for the next year. So it's, 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 there's a lot of pressure, especially on a freelance level as well, going into new places that you've not worked before on, on projects you've not worked with and uh, with people you've not worked with. So um, it's, yeah, the pressure never really ends, but not being able to panic and kind of just kind of always remembering that it's just what you do, just in another office, it's, it's always kind of, for me, a good way to ground it. You're just doing the same thing with, with different people on slightly different projects, and then you don't freak out and, and lose, your, <laughs> lose your call. Yeah, it's interesting, I think. But, and so you talked about, obviously, entering the freelance world, yeah, which is particularly relevant to what we're doing, and I think there's probably... Although it's an advertising freelance world, there's different sort of requirements, but it's still the same principles of, you know, as if it might be a sort of getting, how do you get clients? How do you get work would be, you know, a question you'd always be asking. So what I'm interested to know, because the reason why I wanted to get you on was not only obviously because you've your, your experience and you're very kind and generous. And I know that um, the people who've worked with you or people in the group, you'd happily answer their questions. So I would encourage them to kind of reach out with you if they've got anything or just yes. want an expert sounding board. But it's the thing of in order to stay at the top or get to the top in a profession, you have to have certain qualities which are going to be important. So I'm really keen to drill down on what you've done and what you feel it firstly takes to um, your sort of freelance process to, to sort of always be in conversation so you're picking up work. Yeah, but also I'd love to know kind of about what you feel it takes to get to the top, and what kind of habits and behaviours you can cultivate in yourself in order to get there. So if we take the first one of what does it take to stay at the top or get to the top of your profession? Because I know we both rose fairly high. You you higher than me in, in advertising, and I would say it took a tremendous amount of sacrifices like work ethic and time and mental energy and kind of. If you can't outthink people, you have to outwork them at the very least. It was like a sort of standard requirement. So yeah. How did you find that? What was the, what are the qualities that you think you need or you look for in others? Well, I, I think it's really it's, it's really important to be hungry. It's really important to care. I, I don't think you have to be in the office at eight and, and finish at ten in the evening at night. Um, I don't think you have to do incredible hours, but I do think you've got to make make your time kind of use your time well and, and, and kind of really kind of look for opportunities. If you've got two projects on, try and take another couple of projects on because there's in, inevitably 
some of your briefs are going to die. You know, if you, uh, I'm a big believer in having kind of being stretched a little bit too much. I'd rather have five projects on the go because I know three of them or maybe four of them are going to die. But if I've got five, I know one of them is going to make it and then I, I can kind of really put my energy into that. So I think hunger, hunger was really, really important. And, and that's, that's something for me. I always had this weird ambition of trying to be uh, slightly better than I was, to be honest, and, and, and not giving up. So, uh, Definitely kind of ambition, hunger, drive. They're, they're qualities that I think are really, really important that you need. And if you don't have them, you, you need to work out what pushes those buttons. You know, what's your motivation to, to push yourself or to, to be more ma- ambitious? Um, I think also just being nice, polite and uh, nice to be around. No one wants to be around or work with people that are kind of assholes or that are difficult or too demanding. I think you can get what you want, but do it in a way that is kind of respectful and fun. I think, I think if you can, if you care about people and you show interest in people and um, you're nice to be around, people will go a little bit further for you, go that extra mile for you. So, um, and if you work, you know, if say you, you pick up a brief that, that you're not supposed to be on, but you know, you, you're, you do something, you're well liked, you have, you, you present the work, you know, that, that will be taken in a slightly kind of more, grateful manner than than kind of just grab, nick, nicking a brief working on it and chucking it in um without kind of having any sort of kind of relationship there so i, I think definitely be ambitious and be nice and uh for me that's 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 kind of how i try and approach everything really just it's always staying hungry but always kind of just being nice to work with and, and fun to be around I think yeah, because that's also the, just to clarify that in advertising, you're off, you're you're within an agency working, and you're given briefs to work on, aren't you? So it's kind of yeah. each of the brands that are at the agency will have work they need doing, and obviously some brands are more attractive and more have more budget, and they're more open minded. And it's the thing of like say that someone will distribute the briefs to the certain creative team. So I wanted to make that sort of distinction of when you say, you know, if I've got five briefs on the go, one will probably get made. I just wanted to make. I thought I don't yeah, want to think you go. Oh, I just I go after five clients. No, no, no. <laughs> like I, a monster. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose my my um my experience is slightly different. Even in uh, freelancing and agencies and stuff, you do there is a kind of structured process there. To your team, mm. you're, you've been brought on in to work on this brief. You'll inevitably probably get two or three other briefs to work in, work on during your time there, and maybe even get extended and get even more. So. It's quite a structured process. I think if, if I was just kind of going after kind of um, individual projects um, or pitches on my on my own, or not through an agency, uh, not through the agency model, then it's it's a case of just speaking to people. I think you've it's, you've got to be out there on the scene. You've got you've got to ha- have an incredible network of people where you never know when an opportunity is going to come up, where a breach is going to come from. Um, like like some of the projects we've worked on recently, that's that's come out yeah. of kind of a, a relationship, a friendship of you know twelve, fifteen years. So um, it, you never know when that's going to happen. So you've got you've kind of got to always be trawling through LinkedIn, uh, meeting people, uh, see, you know, having having kind of drinks and, and coffees and chats, and just kind of using your friendship network or your professional network to widen your friendship network and professional network so get a meeting 
off a meeting, get a contact of a friend, reach out to people, go, go see people for book crits, go see people for career advice or mentorships that might lead on to something else. So uh, it's, it really depends on your kind of background and, uh, and where you are in your uh, freelancing career, whether you're um, within the agency system or whether you're kind of going out for, for clients individually. But I think you've always got to be out there on the scene and, seeing, uh, and, and talking to people and seeing what's going on. I think that's really, really important. I had Ben Akers on the podcast, and I don't know if you remember Ben. He worked yeah. with Nadine there at BBH. And it's funny, his advice was similar. It was kind of like have lots of coffees with lots of people yeah. just to collaborate and to see what they're up to um, because you never know where it's going to come from. And also, I think the other thing, because his focus was on sort of mental health, it keeps you sane because, you know, as freelancers, we all get quite isolated and it's good to talk to people. And it's, you know, it, social media is is kind of great for that and it can all happen. But I do think that it sometimes can become a bit of a crux. It's good to sort of, you don't want to lose those people skills. And I know mine have probably, because I've done the football coaching and run the hotel and the restaurant, it's kind of you realise that without noticing it was you've got to just speak to strangers all the time and put on an act. There is an element yeah. of you just pick up all that. And I think having coffees, it's as you say, opportunities will come up because you reach out to someone and say, look, have you got anything going or is there anyone I should speak to? And they'll go, funnily enough, yes. And I think so. It's very interesting. You both come from the same world, but you both put a lot of value on something as simple as just meet for a coffee. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think especially now more than ever, I think caring about people, being interested in people, is even kind of more more valuable than being talented. I think people want to work with nice people. I think you, it's really you, you'd be surprised how how many uh, not nice people there are out there, that or difficult people there are out there to work with, or awkward people. Uh, if you can be nice and talented, be, if you can be kind of fun to be around, that, that's that's really, really important. And that whether you've got your own business and, and you're kind of looking for clients or whether you're kind of in, into, into, into the kind of uh, freelance system and you're working within kind of larger agencies or, or, or um, uh, departments, then it, it's, a, it's an amazing quality to have because that kind of human kind of connection, that kind of um, – that interest in people is is really really valuable, and I've kind of noticed that over the last five, four or five years, um, it's the fact that you, you keep those kind of connections going because you like people, you're interested in people, you're you're, you're actually kind of it, it's much stronger than just being really really good. Um, mm. Although I would I would love to be really really good, it's just that I'm not I'm not. So that's that's my uh, that's my uh, that's my other uh, way of getting around it. No, but that's not true because I worked with you recently on a project and it, it, I've forgotten what it's like to work with someone good. I think because I'm always working with myself, I appreciate the sort of there is no bureaucracy. There's a very small kind of network of making things happen. But uh, yes, you, I totally miss that kind of just bouncing ideas off people. And I think it's true. Um, the opportunity, ironically, is, is everything becomes more and more digital. Is uh, I know that my business coach had a thing where he calls the five things and uh, one of the five is five things you can do every day in order to get more clients. And the first one was to introduce two people, um, which obviously is useful. The next yeah. was um, to share something of value, so like an article or a video. The third one was to give someone a ring you haven't spoken to in a long time or send them a postcard. And the fourth one was to reach out to someone you admire. And the fifth one was to make a sales call. And a lot of them, as you say, it's kind of, I'm going to send a card, I'm going to get on the phone, I'm going to reach out to someone I don't know. And it is all very much like he said, you'd be amazed that when you're doing this and you're also referring people, you're paying it forward. 
the amount of awareness of what you're up to grows exponentially. Yeah. And it's just, it's an easy thing you can do every day that just keeps you relevant and kind of keeps you in people's minds. And that's half the battle. Momentum is really, really, really important. And I think um, for you, it's slightly different in the sense that you're, you're, you're building a business. Whereas for me, it was kind of, I was more uh, kind of, I am the business. It's just me. There's no kind of, I'm not trying to get clients. Yeah. So I just plug into places and, and plug out. But um, when you're kind of trying to build a business, that kind of momentum is, is so important. In the industry, you tend to, you make an ad. Oh, hey, look, here's my latest broker ad or here's my latest HSBC ad or, or whatever. And you kind of post it on Facebook and LinkedIn or whatever. And it goes out to a campaign and there's a bit of buzz for like two or three days and it all kind of disappears. And that's, that's your kind of momentum. And then hopefully off the back of it, you'll get another job or a pay rise or a phone call from Widens or whatever it is, um, which I didn't get any of, by the way. But um, I, kind of, I, kind of, um, I think kind of that momentum is, is really important. That when you're kind of freelancing, you've got to be really disciplined uh, and kind of keep, keep yourself momentum going. So do things that keep you creatively excited, do things that keep you human and grounded, do things that keep you away from advertising, because you, know, you can't just be, I say advertising with its design or, or typography or whatever, but just stay, be a person as well as being a, being a professional um, being as well. They said about the stand-up comedians, it's kind of you need to have a life in order to have something to talk about because if it all is all about travelling on planes and talking to other comics, after a while, no one's interested in what you've got to say because it's not relatable, it's not interesting, it's just repetitive. Yeah, who wants to hang out and with that's someone that's thing. talking about advertising all the time? You know, you want to talk about other things. What do they, what do you watch on TV the other night or, you know, this kind of embarrassing thing that happened to you when you're in the supermarket? You can't just... You can't just just be a, a, a an encyclopedia of, of the of, of the industry that you're in. It's just fucking boring, to be honest. Do you do anything like that? Do you go out to cinemas or art exhibitions, or do you chat? With, do you, or is it a case of you choose to live quite a varied life and don't take it massively sort of seriously? No, I do. No, I do. Sort of no, I do. I do I, whether it's kind of theatres, cinemas, seeing kind of uh, gallery, going going. I'm, Always out. My my missus is is brilliant like that. She's always kind of um, incredibly kind of uh, excited about going and going off to do things. It's it's. I think that's really really important because you can quite easily just get lost on kind of um, LinkedIn or kind of advertising sites or kind of marketing sites all day. Or and and it's 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 just not healthy. So I think just go out and kind of do things that get you away from the industry and, and, and center you as much, as much as things that help kind of fuel your knowledge and help, um, help you be a, a more insightful kind of professional. So you've got to, you've got to, yeah. it's it, what's going on at the moment. You've, there's so many different platforms. There's so many different, uh, ways of communicating, communicating with people. There's so many different touch points and it's really hard to stay on top of all of that stuff, but you've kind of got to, be aware of it whether it's like TikTok or the latest thing on Instagram or whatever but um so you've got to be aware of that but also it's so overwhelming at times no one no one person can be an expert in every type of kind of medium out there so it's it's too much so and you need a little bit of distance from that you want to your your insight your, your experiences in your life will help you find amazing insights for your work I think and, and, and that's that. They're the things. They're the stories. They're the insights that will connect um, the, the, the things you come up with to, to, to your audience. Hopefully, 
No, I think that's really nice because uh, what I like is I agree if you I've seen it just I don't know if there's something which is wrong with me but having done that thing of you do graphic design then you do advertising and then you lead advertising because you're doing like a, a mini club night and you're also retraining to be a football coach and then you end up running a hotel and then a restaurant and then you're a dad and then you're setting up on your own and you're kind of like me you're insane you're not sticking anything but I do find that it's the analogies and the examples from other disciplines make a massive impact as far as what you learn from one industry you can pull into into the other. And what I love about what you've said, which I haven't really thought about because I am terrible at looking at typeface releases. Like why? I don't know because I've never, I can never afford them. I can never convince a client to buy them. But it's this thing of like, uh, I agree. I think you get completely lost kind of bickering over what do you think of so-and-so's new logo? Where the reality is it's much easier to go, how about I just become a more interesting person <laughs> yeah. by just talking to people who I don't really know, going and watching films, going to places and kind of just having more to say. And then I think ironically, you're brought in to provide a kind of human, you know, like people watching is fascinating. The one thing I like to do, which is odd, but like for a psychological barometer is on the Daily Mail website, which is a terrible website. And it's just a relate, you know, the sidebar of shame on there. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I don't, I don't own Daily so Mail. It, the Daily Mail is, 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 is a crap paper. It, it's nothing to do with my politics. I don't care about politics, but it's to do with, they have the, their stories. And then on the side, they have, you know, like updated like snippets of the sport or bullshit gossip or news. And they must pump out, a new story every 10 minutes it's relentless and it kind of traps you because you're reading one thing and you go oh i look at that story oh look at what's wayne rooney up to now you know just rubbish it's pure escapism but what i like to do is i like to look at the headline and then i like to click on the comments and work out what i think the top comment will be <laughs> that's great i love it so i cut and it's this thing about like, i reckon i can nail it so like if you look at this is really random but ronan keating remarried to this woman called storm who I don't know, they've got a kid and it's fine. But I think her real name's Sharon. So what happens is <laughs> you click on it and you click on... Yeah, yeah. So it's like a, you click on the comments and they will all be, Sharon, Sharon, look, Sharon's back. Shut it's up. Like, Shut yeah, it's exactly, they're all just ripping the piss. Oh, and man. it will be the And you can kind of go, everyone, and so what you, it's stupid, but it'd be like, um, you know, like Chloe Kardashian just, and they'll talk about like endless filters, like, yeah, this is Photoshop to death or, so it's all that nonsense. But what's quite interesting is you can gauge the psychological response of their audience based on what you predict the top comment will be. So good. And I find that insight into kind of people watching, like, it's a bit like you reading the YouTube comments. There is an insight yeah. into the psychology, which I find fascinating. And I love um, like first dates and these two, I'm sure they're highly contrived, but I find them fascinating. Yeah, I really I enjoy it. those kind of programs. Yeah, I do. And I, so for me, that it's kind of, I think there's something in taking time out to kind of just observe how predictable people are. And I, I find think... that, and then listening to podcasts is another kind of way of, you know, developing. Because I know that there's, there's like a TED, uh, NPR do a TED podcast, okay. where it's like TED Talks around the theme, convert, TED Talks around the theme converted for audio. And you just listen. It's like listening or watching QI. You watch half an hour or listen to that and you just go, God, I know so much. I'm going to sound so clever if anyone will actually stop and listen to me. Well, I think, and I find that kind of stimulus is really good. Like just taking a kind of, I'm just going to learn a little bit about interesting things and not dive too deep into like someone goes, what's the latest release? What's the color? What's the Pantone color of the year? Go. And you're like, 
who gives a fuck? <laughs> is it really real? Is it true? Like who, you know, I don't care if it's coral or purple or come on, man. Yeah. Well, I think our, our job in advertising anyway, it, we're, we're kind of the voice of, as creatives, we're, we're kind of the eyes and voice of the people, you know, you, you do it. Is that actually, is that execution too, um, too complicated? Does it make sense to people? Will, will, will they kind of look at that and go, okay, that's, that's not me at all. That's completely wrong. Or that's kind of, I don't, that's not how, that's not reflective of how I think you've got to, you've, you've got to cut all, away all of the, all of the nonsense and, and the marketing bullshit and kind of go, okay, what, what is it? What are we trying to say? Will people get it? Will they like it? Will it, will it um, resonate? Yeah. Great. Um, but that's our, that's our job is to, is, is to try and we're advertising to, to normal people depending on what, where the demographic is or, the audience but we're talking to normal people we're not talking to we're not trying to sell something to marketing people we're trying to sell stuff to normal people so that's it's and it's really important to always remember you know that you're trying to do something for the public you're not trying to do something for advertising people or uh, marketing people yeah and, I, and it's always that was a, there was a couple of things it took me ages to realize that all advertising is a one-on-one communication so even though it's a billboard we all interpret that as that it's a one it's to me what's the message to me and it's the analogy of if i give you if i have five ping pong balls and i throw them all at once you won't catch any but if i throw just one at a time you're going to catch it and i'm very keen to say to people it's kind of we need to strip it back to what's the one thing we want to say or what's the one response we want to elicit and i think that's kind of like what we're working on with this Times square campaign i think it comes back to that of what do we want people to do? You know, because yeah. I don't think it takes the pressure off because you're never going to hit on an idea that will do everything across all platforms, but you can tweak that um, to be a different response depending on how they're, you know, sort of experiencing the creative. But as you say, it's kind of, we've got to remember what's the one thing we're trying to say here. And yeah. are we going to interrupt them in, from what they're doing in a way that's going to surprise and, and delight them? And I think it's it's an interesting thing of like staying true to that one idea and, 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 and coming back to it kind of helps us feel much more sort of engaged and empowered by it. Yeah, it's always, it's, you know, it's a privilege to kind of do advertising, um, you know, speaking from an advertising background, it's, it's a privilege and, you know, you, you don't want to interrupt people's days with stuff they hate <laughs> like you just you want to yeah. try and do stuff for people that they're going to kind of go oh, okay i get that just do it do it well and, and keep it simple um sounds really easy to do but in practice it's not and you know i've had many kind of things that have haven't been as simple as they, they should have been but it's you know it's that's the dream really you want to do you know, nike the nike rooney poster which i love you know him mm. as the english flag you just it's so simple, but you go, oh, okay, I totally get the emotion. I get the, I, I get what it's, what, what, the response you want to get out of it. It's, it, it's, it's, that's, that's how kind of posters and, and, and advertising should be, really. Um, it's really hard to kind of achieve that. And what would be, um, to round up, because I know your time is tight. So if you had any kind of parting wisdom or advice for people who are, either kind of looking to leave their job and, and maybe consider sort of transitioning into freelance or, or if maybe their career is plateaued and they're looking to kind of accelerate that and maybe uh, get, you know, go to the next level, what would sort of advice would you recommend to finish on? Uh, I would say try and try and see the best people you, you can see. Just reach out to people that you admire and, and most, most talented people 
um, are nice and they have time and they'll make it might be in a, in a month or it might be in six weeks but you know people will kind of try and see you and um, yeah I, I, I would literally reach out to people ask them for some career advice ask them for some mentorship try and surround yourself with the best people you possibly can to, to kind of help guide you on your journey because it's really hard doing it on your own it's kind of it, it's quite a bewildering kind of industry whether it's kind of design or, in, or advertising um, and but if you have uh, kind of seasoned talent around you, if you surround yourself with uh, interesting, exciting, talented um, people, then it's it's very hard to kind of go wrong. I think if you're thinking of kind of leaving um, to go kind of freelance, I think you've got to kind of have enough uh, resources to kind of be prepared not to work for the first kind of month or two because. You know, you're just starting out. You, you you might not know what you're doing. You might not kind of land a gig straight away. Um, but you know, you will. It it will happen. It just might not happen on on the time scale that you you, you expect. But you need to have all the, all, all of the things in place in order to get the work. You need to meet people. You've got to reach out to people, make connections. Um, obviously, have your kind of portfolio up and running, uh, and then opportunities will 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 come and sometimes you'll have um, too many opportunities you won't be able to do all of them and you'll have to pass stuff down and other times you'll, you'll be waiting around for, for a brief and you won't have anything for a week or two and, and you'll think wow fuck what have I done but actually um, a week later you'll, you'll, you'll be fine so it's just kind of uh, riding kind of the storm but that's kind of experience and, and time really um, but it, it is kind of be be prepared and be patient and just keep seeing people, keep keep the momentum going, and uh, just keep being nice. I think that's that's key. Yes, no, that's lovely. That's a great point to finish on. Now. So, so thank you. I think, as you said, uh, be nice and be interesting and patient. That's always the way, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of you got to you got to plan and prepare, and don't expect it to you know to happen straight away. But if you take the pressure off and you go, well, look, in the meantime, I'm just going to kind of expand my network do things to keep me interesting and um you know like i said if i plan properly it would certainly help so no that's great that's really kind of you thank you oh thank you mate i've really no, it's been really nice really enjoyed this and you are doing phenomenally well <laughs> so by the way if yeah. anyone doesn't know how talented fad is fad is absolutely fantastic he's doing so well so uh show him a lot of love and support I'm starting a cult. This is all yeah, part of my yeah. uh, my leadership. Yeah. This is it. All the plan soon. We'll forget Scientology, mate. We'll be <laughs> it'll all be thadiators. <laughs> no, you're thadiators, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and any other pun I can think of, T and H. They all work. They all work. But, uh, yes. But that was a thad fantastic. Thank you very much. But um, if anyone wants to follow you, what, what's the best way that they can um, sort of uh, follow what you're up to? Maybe DM you with some um, sort of chats about what you're up to. Is it, so you've got your on Instagram? I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find me on uh, Hello Naz. What, what's Hello, your, Naz. Hello, so, so what's your Instagram? Uh, Naz posts too much. There you go. I wanted to make sure because obviously, if they're looking for Naz Nasly or Hello Naz, and it's like it's going to be <laughs> no, some other no, poor no, bloke. Naz yeah. too much. Uh, so you can find me there. But I've been quite quiet recently, actually, because I've been a little bit ill. Yeah. So I've not been posting yeah. much at all. But you're failing. In your yeah. um, so all I can say is thank you so much and uh, have a great day. Thank you, Fab. Cheers, buddy. You too. Cheers. Bye. Let me get extra, extra. 